Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello everyone. Welcome again to another edition of Insane in the Fembrain. Insane in the Fembrain. Uh, Here we are again. Insane in the Fembrain. My word, it's going so well. Thank you to everyone that's taken the time to tune in to Insane in the Fembrain. It's it's been a blast. I really am getting my head around things. I'm learning as every episode, as I do with Insane with every episode, Insane in the Fembrain and Membrane. It's why it's why I do it. Learning, just learning about people, finding out about, about what makes them tick. It's really it's fascinating. Um, also, thank you to everyone for all your lovely messages. Thank you for all the likes and everything that you do. Thank you for spreading the word. If, if you haven't, please do so. Please spread the word. Please tell everybody about what we do. We go, go on to the iTunes thing and, and give us a five-star review there and, and like and subscribe and pass it on because then more people get involved and then we spread more joy out into the world. Um, this week on Insane in the Fembrane, I was joined by uh, world champion boxer Hannah Rankin. Um, I know I knew of Hannah. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know much about her. I knew of her, uh, but Jade had done a radio show with her, and so Jade was like, "You should speak to her. She's a really interesting person." So we hooked up, and she really is. She's fantastic. You know, I've I, I've I've never really I've never really experienced. I've never really spoken to someone like a, a, a woman who was a boxer, and, and especially a world champion as well. Uh, she's also an incredible bassoonist which is quite a, quite a thing so she's a boxer and a bassoonist I'd never spoken to someone who's played the bassoon before so that was quite something um, and just so you know uh, Hannah was on a, on a phone with headphones in her flat and so there'd be a lot of background noise I don't know she she sounds like she lives quite near to a railway line it sounds like in the, under some kind of arches so you're gonna get. You're gonna hear a lot of trains going by, so you just block that out. We've done. Producer Paul has worked his magic as, as best he could. He's a he's a very very talented man, um, but you'll still hear some rumblings and things like that. But try and block that out because it's a fascinating chat. So here we are, Hannah Rankin. I was watching your stuff uh, today, and uh, wow, <laughs> my god, my god. I mean, I've been punched in the head before, but. Intentionally or uh... <laughs> no, it's never intentionally. <laughs> it's all I probably deserved it at some yeah. point somewhere, but it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's never intentional. But um, your how did you get into that? How did you how did you become a boxer? You know, did you always like um, it? No, so basically. I'm a, my other job is I'm a professional classical musician, which is how I ended up on the show yes. with Jade. Um, so right. uh, I actually used to do taekwondo when I was a kid. 
So um, I think my mom was basically looking for a way of avoiding me and my sisters fighting each other. So she signed us up to Taekwondo. Oh, wow. Um, and so I did that when I was younger. And then when I started to get back into my music when I was a bit older at secondary school, I stopped that sort of combat sports and I was really focused on my music. Went to my undergraduate in Glasgow at the Royal Conservatory of Scotland. And mm. I wanted to get fit again. I've always been really into sport. So, um, but I'm not really a big gym fan. I don't love the gym. Like, you know, like you, know, you go there, right, and, yeah. like everybody does that usual kind of tour of the gym where they go in. They get on the treadmill for a bit, then they get on the bike, look at the rowing machine, think maybe, and then you leave. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so psychologically, you've been to the gym. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think, um, yeah, no, I always, I prefer to do like team sports or like, you know, combat sports. I love the discipline of a combat sport. So I got back into Thai boxing. And then when I moved to London to do my master's at the World Academy of Music, I started training at Gym Box. I was doing some Thai boxing there. All right, yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I then kind of met my coach, Noel Callan, and uh, Derek Sweet D. Williams, a former heavyweight champion. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah no, and they kind of introduced me to boxing, and I really fell in love with it. And so I started training that, and I did some white-collar fights to raise money for charity, um, and then I wanted to take it to the next level. Um, and bear in mind, this is around the age of 23, 24, <laughs> so it's quite late. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, But my coach was like, well, maybe you should go and join an amateur club. And I was like, well... I want to stay with my, to stay with you as my coach. And he wasn't an amateur coach at the time. He's like, well, why don't we try and do some, we'll take you to spar with some of the professionals and see how you get on. My God, it was the most difficult, stressful sparring of my life, but I learned a lot and I was desperate to get in there and do it again. And I think he could see that I was really into it and obsessed with learning how to, you know, become better. So yeah, I, I went, yeah, I yeah, turned yeah. pro. So it was an exciting time. It's incredible. And not only turned pro, I mean, you, you became world champion, which is in- incredible. That's not just like, oh, yeah, I'll give it a bash. Like, you've got, you've reached the top, which blows my mind. Yeah, no, um, I'm really, really proud last year to made history for Scotland become their first ever female world champion. So I'm really, really proud about that. Um, but, you know, I, I, I kind of think it's in my nature. If I'm going to do something, I'm going to do like 150 million percent. <laughs> so... Yo, yeah, it's it was amazing. It was I mean that because I, I was obviously looking at your things today and um your and because you, you play the bassoon. Yep. And why the bassoon? Oh, because the bassoon's really cool. Um, but... <laughs> Just I don't because I've do you know what? It sounds weird me asking it that way. I've never met someone that has played the bassoon. So this is this is all new to me. Okay, so basically, I used to play. So we started off on the piano. But I come from quite a musical family. My mom and her two sisters played instruments. My granddad was a music teacher before he became a head teacher. So classical music was always kind of quite rooted in the family, as well as like you know um, Scottish country music and all that sort of stuff. So um, oh, yeah. it's just yeah, music's always been a big part of my family. So. I, it was going to be kind of a natural cause that all of us played something. So we started on the piano, but like the piano wasn't really for me. I was much more interested in doing Taekwondo at the time because I thought it was much, much right. cooler to punch people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I wasn't doing enough practice on the piano. So mom was like, oh, I'm not paying for your piano lessons if you don't want to practice. Um, and then 
I started playing the flute and I really enjoyed that because I could play in ensembles at, at school and there was opportunities to play in orchestras and it's much more fun playing with people. I think the piano is quite a solo instrument. Mm. Um, so I got up to my grade seven I was about to do my grade eight on the flute and um, a really lovely old lady donated a bassoon to my secondary school because she was uh, utterly dismayed to find that we didn't have a bassoon in the orchestra. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I mean, totally mad. But um, yeah. she, she donated a bassoon to the school. And when uh, when it came to school, uh, our head of music, Mr. Pullen, was like, oh, um, you know, we need somebody to play this. And I'd, I took a look at it and I, I wanted to have a go. And I thought, you know what? I want to play that. I'm fed up of being one of all these hundreds of flautists because, you know, flute and violin are the most popular yes. instruments. <laughs> so I was just yeah, like, yeah, of course, yeah. why not? It looks really cool. It looks really weird. I'll, I'll pick it up. And um, I fell in love with it. And yes, a couple <laughs> of years later, that actually was the starting point for me going on to have a professional career in music for sure. Um, because Fantastic. I fell in love with yeah. it and it, it always has all the really quirky, weird musical lines. So like you get to be the, the yeah, joker right. or the, the really grumpy grandfather or, you know, <laughs> or just the cool baseline. And that's the cool part. So yeah, no, I think, um, definitely fell in love with it when I started learning it. Oh, I love that. I love that. Cause like I say, I've never met someone that's played the bassoon before. So we're all really weird. It's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> but they sound like my kind of people. I love that. Yeah, I would probably say that yeah. bassoon players kind of. I'd say we kind of go in that really like quirky category of people who like strange kind of uh, fine ales. You know, like those people. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all fit in that yeah. category. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just fits into what to, to to who you are. I mean, you sound you sound like you seem very driven, and you, like whatever you do, you just attack it full on. Like you said, uh, like just now, you just like I give it a thousand percent. You get stuck in um, that, and that to a lot of men can be quite. Um, well it, it it scares them yeah you know it's like i have that with with like jay jade's very strong powerful she knows what she wants and sometimes it can be quite you know you know it can take you by surprise sometimes have you found that do you do you, do you did you have you found it a problem for you i think you, if you can't keep up fuck you well <laughs> i mean that's definitely something that i have thought a lot of time um but um my my fiance is really chilled and very laid back he's always been really supportive of what I want to do. And I think he knew right from the get-go when he started dating me that I was very similar to my mum. And I've got two younger sisters. My dad didn't stand a chance. There were four women in the house, <laughs> never got in the bathroom, you know. So, no. But both my parents encouraged me and my two sisters to be really kind of independent. Um, so, right, you know, yeah. if we wanted to go and do something we could go and do it. Whatever you wanted to go and do, you could go and do it, but you weren't allowed to just kind of have a go, you know? So if you, if you wanted to go and yeah. learn the bassoon, you were going to learn it for at least a year and give it a proper go. Right. So like it, it was always encouraged. We were always encouraged to do what we wanted to do and try new things, but it was never kind of half-heartedly. If you were going to do something, you had to do it no. properly. And they supported us, whatever, whatever. And I'm really thankful to my parents for doing that whole sort of taxi driver job where they took us to all of our extracurricular classes and yes. extra music lessons. And, but I think that's made, made me quite a, an independent woman, I must admit, uh, because, yeah. you know, if I want to do something, I made that decision and I know the sort of the work that comes with it that is required. If you decide to do something, you, you should be putting a lot of effort into it. Mm. And I think that can be intimidating for some men and, especially in the boxing world, for example, you know, it's often described 
it's people are surprised as a like you know an academic female who's come from the music world that I want to be yeah. in the boxing world for example and that can yeah. be quite intimidating but yeah no I, I you know just kind of get on with it and uh either you take take kind of take me as I am you know <laughs> it's amazing it's that you because you 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 tick all the boxes like you like you've just said you've got that you're like you're you're you know you're hard as fuck let's say that and you're intelligent as well and that and that combination I don't know many men that can handle that I know with again with Jade, sometimes I have to sort of take a step back and go, "Fuck, all right." It's, yeah. it's, it's, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and uh, like you say, your 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 fiance's a, a chilled out dude. He's really laid back, and the same as my dad actually. Yeah. Like, so I don't think my dad could have been like highly strong with having three daughters. Um, but my my two <laughs> my my two um, younger sisters have both gone into farming, just like my parents did. And yeah, so like all three of us have chosen to take careers in highly male dominated uh, career paths. Uh, And uh, that's a really interesting thing. I find it quite fascinating. Um, But we're we're all very successful at what we've chosen to do and what we're doing. And I think you've got to walk a very fine line of being a successful female and uh, like kind of an alpha female, I suppose. You've got to be able to um, work with work alongside men and not make them feel sort of like you're belittling them or you're better than them or anything like that, you know? Mm. So that is a really difficult part of both of our, all three of our careers, you know, because it, especially in farming, yeah. it's so outdated. <laughs> like, oh, you God, don't, yeah, well, you don't yeah. see women doing a lot of farming as like, you know, it always used to be the men and then the women at home with the kids making the food, that sort of stuff. But yeah, well, I think that's, yeah, there's that. I mean, there's a. I mean, when I was growing up, it was very much like. You know, so, I mean, my mum got it. She she worked nights, but she still had to make sure dinner was on the table for the kids and make sure that dad had his dinner yeah. and 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 all that sort of stuff. And 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 there was, so there was very much like women's roles and men's roles. And I think actually, and I think like, now you know with, with my mum, I think my mum is like one of the, my biggest heroes to me because she had me at the age of 21. Then my two younger sisters before she turned 23. So wow. there was three of us under, under the age of three. By the time my mom was 23, she was also running the business equally with my dad, the farm business. So they had the farm together. They took on this hill farm uh, just before I was born. Um, and they were, they were making a go of it, you know, making it successful. And my mom worked out on the farm equally to what my dad worked on the farm. But she had three young girls to look after as well. So yeah. it was it was kind of... Yeah, it, I was just so amazed because I remember my childhood as being like this amazing time where, yes, I had to take part in all the activities on the farm and I had to work and help out and stuff. But my mom still made time to like, you know, have games for us. We, we did painting at home. We had birthdays at home and, well, you know, yeah. we were taken to all these extracurricular things, encouraged to do the stuff that we wanted to do. She was like a superwoman, you know. <laughs> and then yeah. later on, when we were cool. older, she became, she went on to do a degree in music and English. So like, it's, it's like fascinating when I think if you, as women, if you have strong role models like that, it can really push you to be, to want to be successful and independent. Yes, definitely. I, um, I remember when my mum, uh, my mum was, uh, she passed a driving test when we were kids and it was the talk of the street. <laughs> it's like, she's driving a car. Wow. wow look at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Incredible that, and that's only, that's only, blimey, 30, 30, 
mate, 40 years ago now. That's, that's it, we've we're still. I think there's still um, we're still there's still that overlap. We, we are you know, things have changed now, and the and the playing field is a bit more level. But it, we're still having to have those conversations, aren't we? Yeah, you know, I, like still. I think also though, there's that sort of thing. Is like it shouldn't be um, knocked that 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 sort of position as mother and home like like care of the home and you know the homemaker that that is a real mm. role you know the fact that my yes. mom managed to make our house a home look after three kids feed all the hungry farmers make sure there's food prepared for everybody and then take us to school and dress us and feed us do everything you know yeah as yeah. well as running her role on the farm and doing all like the books and the the business side of it it's insane when you think about that and like but it shouldn't be belittled when people decide that they want to be a homemaker and uh, they want to be a mother. That's what they want to do because there's yes. a serious amount of work that is involved in that. But then equally, as a woman, if I want to go on, take on, um, have a, be a successful career in, in business or I want to go and be successful in some sort of field that isn't a mother, then I should be applauded for wanting to do that too, you know? Absolutely, I yes, find that yes, yes. often we're kind of pigeonholed one way or the other. And if you don't want to do yeah. one, then you're kind of, oh, you're not really a family person. But then if you want to be a business person, oh, you're too successful. Like, why? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's almost that, like you said, there's that people, I, I saw, there was, a, there was a thing recently and they were talking about, like you've just said, like women that want to be, they want that that traditional for want of a better phrase, female role. They're they're at home. They have got the kids, and they're and they're doing. They do all the. They make sure the house is running, and they do all the and and that. And there were there was a few people commenting, going like saying that like, these women are letting the side down, and they're not. They, they should be, no. you know, doing it. And you're like, like you've just said, you're like, no, that's not that's not the case at all. If you want to do that, you, then you should be allowed do to that. do that. It's, it's like, like you know, if yeah. if someone wants to be like you've got a man, he wants to be a stay at home dad. Why should he not be a stay at home dad? You know, that's a fantastic job. And it's, it's just as difficult as him going to work in an office or something. You know, if he's got three kids and he's decided he wants to be a stay-at-home dad, he's going to look after the house. My wife has a more successful job. Um, she earns more money than me. So I decided I'm going to take the role of looking after the kids. Why should that be a bad thing? But people, it's yeah. not where you, you should be sitting. In, in, it's not your pigeonhole. So therefore, people are like, yeah, get out yeah. of it. <laughs> you know, get back to where you belong. <laughs> That's it, yeah, and it's almost. I, I mean, I might. This is just what, how I've sort of seen it. There's almost like men are sort of championed and seen as heroes if they say, if they go, "I'm a stay-at-home dad." Wow, yeah, what a legend! I know. But if you, but if it's a woman, like oh, I'm a stay-at-home mum. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. well, oh, loads of women yeah. do it. It's like yeah, but we all do it, and we should be applauded for it because, like, at the moment, yeah. you've got these, you've got like all families staying at home in this lockdown. Right. And I think it's been a real eye opening experience for families in general. Like when you're having to homeschool your kids, you know, this is what your, mm, this is what yeah. your teachers go through with your children every day. <laughs> you know, yeah. this is a whole other <laughs> yeah. world that you've not experienced. <laughs> and, you know, it's hard enough having them at home. And but now you're doing the role of teacher as well. And there's parents like fathers who don't often spend time at home. They're now at home all the time and they're seeing a whole other world. So I think it's yes. been a it's quite it's not the most fun experience for all of us at the moment, but it's definitely an enlightening experience, I think, for oh, a lot absolutely. of people. It's definitely good. Absolutely. I think it's definitely going to uh, shine a light on how You're gonna appreciate lucky we things. were before, what we had. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, God, yeah. I can't wait to get out and 
I was watching, like I said, I was watching some of your fights today. I'm like, oh, I'd love to go out and punch someone. But that's just, that's <laughs> not, it's just, that's just me getting fed up. I've been locked in the house. But that's the other thing as well, isn't it, with boxing? It's, we were talking about this earlier. It's like, it's not just hitting people. No. It's, you got to, you're, you're, you're figuring out, it's it's the, the it's not just um it's got levels of physical skill, um mental and yeah, physical it's mental um yeah and that's what we were talking it's about it's fa- like fascinating it's what i love about the sport you can never ever learn everything and th- imagine going no. into that where you you can always get in the ring with somebody different and they'll surprise you and and that's that's yes. a fascinating thing you know like and i love that about boxing because you know, whenever you get into the ring on fight night, you can plan for whatever you want to plan for and you can watch videos of mm. your opponent. You can prepare as much as possible, but until that bell goes, you don't know what's going to happen and no. you have to employ no, I... your game plan and you have to figure somebody out in front of you in split seconds. And it's yes. so fast and there's so much skill involved. And people who say it's just about hitting somebody, it's, it's not. It, it, there's so so no. much more involved and to be a boxer like I always say to people I get people coming to my boxing classes and they're like oh yeah I've done an ultra marathon or I did the Tour de France or something ridiculous and I'm like yeah 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 but are you <laughs> boxing fit because you won't be <laughs> in three rounds you're going to no, be exactly, yeah. absolutely dying it's a whole different <laughs> sport where you use your brain yeah. as much as your body to achieve the outcome of what you want yes and that's very that, tiring and- <laughs> Oh well, that's yeah. Because you're as soon as you get in the ring, you're all you're you're psyched up and focused on what you've got to do. Yeah. And you've also got to sort of put. I, I guess you've got to sort of push out because they're going to be psyching you yeah. out, trying to trying to you know trying to sort the of whole side of figure you out. Yeah, the whole yeah, like pre prep into a fight. You know when they talk about the fight is won or lost on the scales beforehand. That yeah. is very true. You know, you stand yeah, up yeah, there yeah. on those scales and you face off against your opponent. You've all made made weight, and you know. You look into their eyes and you know what you you can see you're like pushing onto them what you think I'm going to beat you and I know I'm going to beat you. And it is, it's all mental. And they always say that about boxing. It's 90% mental because if you get into that ring and you're not mentally fully prepared for what you, what's going to happen, you won't do well. No, that, 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 like you say, that's people don't take that into consideration. It's 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 a really it's a really interesting sport. Did you find it when you were getting into it? Did you find there was any resistance? Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Like I think I was. I'm really lucky to have had the support of my dad and my fiance Mike because I think it's very very hard if you want to go into this sport if you don't have the support of your family or your your other half or your friends or anything because it's a hard enough sport as it is and to not have family mm. support is difficult. And my coach Noel said to me when I, when I decided I wanted to go pro, he said, that's great. I, I back you 100%. And however, I want, I know this sounds Victorian, but I want you to speak to your dad and I want you to speak to Mike oh, yeah. because they're the ones that are going to watch you get punched in the face. That's your dad and you're his little girl and that's yes. your fiance and you're his missus. So at the end of the day, you got to talk to them about it. And it's not because I think you should get their permission or anything. You just need to have a discussion about it. And I think yes. that's probably one of the best uh, yeah. pieces of advice I ever got because I sat down and I spoke to both of them and I said, look, this is what I want to do. What do you think? And, yeah. um, and my dad's response was, well, I know you, Hannah, and I know you've decided that that's what you're going to do anyway, isn't it? And I was like, <laughs> yes, dad. <laughs> and he yeah, said, well, yeah. then I'll support you because... You know, it's your decision and it's your career and it's your life. But 
yeah, I want to make sure you have the best people around you. Do you trust your team? Do you trust these people to look after you? And at the end of the day, something really important that people don't maybe don't think about, but your coach is the person that might save your life one day. So your coach is the person that you should really trust who's with you day in, day out, and they'll know there's something wrong in the boxing ring. And they're the ones that step in if they, if they need to step in. So, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. my dad was like, as long as you have a team that you trust and that you, you that support you and you believe will look after you, then I'll I, I back you. And my fiance said the same thing, you know. Amazing, amazing. How does he? How does Mike cope when you when you does he does he go to watch? Yeah, the fights? they both come to watch the fights. Um, as I've gotten yeah. to like, they've come to all of them abroad as well. Come to America. It's kind of like they're sort of like I don't know. It's a good bonding for them. <laughs> they do like oh, a yeah. nice little trip together, and uh, they take the flight out. They sort out their hotels. They do their road trips. You know, I think they actually have a great time. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's even like your whatever you're doing is like it's, it doesn't even matter anymore. It's like, oh, we get to hang yeah, out. No, Brilliant. great, we're going to do this. <laughs> so that, that, yeah, yeah. Oh, time. shit, there's a fight. Oh, yeah, yeah we, we've got to go and do the fight. Yeah, my dad gets, my dad's um, been starting to get a bit more nervous. Like when he, when he, he's, my dad, um, Mike told me recently, he's watched my dad just take his glasses off. So he can't quite see everything that's going on in the ring. But I think right, he can, yeah. you know, he's, he's cool. You know, and he, he phones me up and he always speaks to Noel, my coach before. He always speaks yeah, to him right, beforehand. Okay. Said, "How's she doing? How's she feeling? How's this? How's that?" And they have a chat, and it's like a man-to-man chat. And they have that chat, oh. which is really nice. <laughs> That's lovely. See, this is the thing you don't you don't hear anyone talk about all these sorts of things. Is it's especially with the men's boxing, it's all about, you know, waving your dick around and going, oh, and that's the only bit you see. You don't actually see that there's probably conversations going on with wives and girlfriends and mums. And, oh, yeah, absolutely. And parents. You and, know, Tony Bellew, yeah. for example, like his wife yeah. never came to his fights. She didn't want to see him getting hurt in the ring. She didn't want to see any of that. And that was why he retired in the end, because it was too much for her, um, because yeah, it caused yeah, yeah. her so much upset, I think. And, he got to the stage where he wanted to be with his kids and his family and um, her, his very last fight, she came. And that, and that was, oh, yeah. Really? So, but a lot of people like, yeah, if my mum was still here today, I think the problem would be her not getting in the ring to get involved. So I'm kind of, <laughs> in some ways, you know, that's a different thing, but yeah. So, oh, I'm, I'm sorry to hear she's not here. I didn't, I didn't realize. Oh no, she sorry. passed away about um, six years ago. Um, oh. So, but she never saw me box professionally. Uh, or as no. a white collar, um, I actually got into boxing just as my mum got diagnosed with cancer. So it was a uh, six-month, uh, really rapid decline. And um, yeah, my dad actually encouraged me to go to the gym. And boxing really, I think, it definitely saved me because it was there to help me with my frustrations and angers and stuff that I had to deal with. So right. yeah, yeah, it was a big. Part. But it's it's. Well, we talk because uh, Jade's lo- Jade lost her sister mm-hmm. uh, a few years ago, and we talk about it. We talk about the, the we talk about them often, and how you deal with that person not being there anymore. Yeah. How do you how do you cope with that? I mean, like you say, you go to the gym, but do you? I, I've spoken to a couple of people about grief on this on the podcast because I haven't. I don't. I've really lost anybody that was close to me, so I don't really. I don't really know how it feels and how you cope with it yeah you, you, it doesn't you, go away no, does it you never know until it happens to you what it's really no. like and i think that's something that is the hardest thing to deal with because no one can prepare you for that i think no. especially someone as strong and driven yeah, as your mum sounds yeah exactly sounds. my mum was a legend so it's kind of 
I think the hardest thing for me was that my mum was always the person that backed me in whatever I chose to do. So I decided I wanted to have a music career and she backed me 100%. She was at there at all my concerts. She was also my biggest critic, being musical herself. So right. she was always there to tell me when it was shit and tell me when it was good, you know? <laughs> and that was important and, and that was a really big part of my life. And, and not having that now is one of the hardest things, um, which is probably why whenever... Like, so if I have a new teacher or something, I don't want a teacher that like molly coddles me or babies me about stuff and says, oh, that was great. You know, just try again. No, I want to tell, tell me when it's shit. Tell me when it's not, you know, because that's what I expect. <laughs> yes. Um, and yes. I really miss that aspect of phoning my mum and talking about that because that's what she was like really good at, yeah. you know, and just tell me how it is. You miss that honesty. Yeah. Um, I, but what a legacy, but what a legacy she's left. Yeah. That, you know, that- I think she's, she's a big part of what I do and and I think what drives me in in what I do and where I want to be and and how successful I want to be and what I achieve in my life is and and how you know people say how do you deal with like the nerves before a fight or you're not scared about this you're not worried about that and I said nothing is ever gonna hurt me as much as when I lost my mum nothing Mm. And if you think about it that yeah. way, then there's nothing you can, like, yeah, nothing, nothing is going to no. be the same as that. Because you can never repair yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's something you just have to live with. Yeah. It's like that we had a, a, a comedian called Aisha Akbar on, yeah. and he talks about when he lost his mum, and he talks about the, the grief. It's like a ball in a box. And in this box is a button. And the ball is massive and it fills the box. Yeah. And so the button, the grief button is pushed down constantly. Yeah. And then as you go along, the the, the, the grief, the, the ball gets smaller. Um, and then it starts, so it's then the button of grief is released. And then every now and again, the ball will bounce around and it will hit that button again. Yeah. But it's not constant. It's But you you just sort of find a way. It will of, come back. And it comes back when you don't yeah. expect it. The least, the most... Mm. So for me, like, obviously I associate my music with my mum, like that's a massive part for me. So I emotionally, when I, when she passed away, it was very hard for me finishing my master's degree and stuff like that for that reason, Mm. because particular pieces I associate with my mum, like massively so. And having played in orchestra with her, like I'd often find I'd look to the cello section, you know, there's stuff like that, you know, and I'll be sitting there and I'll just drift off into like a memory of something musical with my mum. So music is a big trigger for me. I have to be very careful with that. And, but it does, I I do find that obviously I have a very emotional character anyway. My, my coach says that and my teachers always said I wore my heart on my sleeve. Um, and I think that that comes out in boxing and music. So (laughs) just, you know, the emotions, (laughs) but yeah, I think the boxing is a good idea, you know, like with the the ball and stuff, it it is something that you kind of, you carry around and it's always there. And occasionally you'll come across a topic that you're doing where it will make a reappearance, whether you want it to or not. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. And that is, it's, yeah, it's, it's something you deal with and it does get like less, like, I don't know, prominent, I suppose, yeah. at certain times. But like for me, like Christmas, uh, her birthday, uh, Mother's Day is always hard, you know, because nowadays you can't escape the fact it's Mother's Day. Whether or not you, you no. wish to or not, it's on it's on every yeah, single, yeah. So, single social media. It's in every shop. It's on the television. It's on the radio. You're talking about it's Mother's Day. What's everybody doing? You know that that is really yeah, difficult yeah. because whether you want to think about it or not, you're forced to think about it. 
Yeah, yes, it has become a massive thing now, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I've, uh, my my, I've known. I've got a mate, Michael Tom. I've known him since I was three, and he lost his mum fifteen years ago. And and uh, and you know, I I every every Mother's Day, I I message him and go, "You're all right." And he's like, "Yeah." He goes, "It's just bollocks, isn't it?" Because when we were kids, you 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 buy your mum some flowers, and you might get her a card, but there wasn't this big fanfare. Yeah, there was this big. That's the hard part. Marketing thing. It's whether yeah. you like because nowadays everybody's determined to make money out of a holiday, and so yes. like. You kind of, I I used to feel really resentful because I used to find it, it made me angry that I was being forced to think about something to make money for other people when it was actually bringing my grief to the forefront. So now now I'm much better at being able to deal with that sort of thing. But at the time it used to make me really mad. Like I was just upset about it. Yeah. Okay, I get it. Did they, when you were, so when your mum passed away, did you... Did they, because, you know, you had so much resentment and anger and, and sadness and did, were you, were you boxing then? Did yeah, they sort of so say that you probably, I hadn't done any fights yeah. yet by that point. Um, and what I actually found that to be most helpful was that I had a family at the gym that wasn't mm. my family, you know, like my blood relatives and stuff like that. I had yes, people that yes. were there if I wanted to be there and if, if I didn't want to be there, I didn't want to be there, you know, so it didn't really matter but I could come and take it out in the bag. And it was probably the only time, like when my mom was going through the last bits of the illness and stuff, it was the only way that I could really truly switch off was to become so tired in training that I couldn't think. Yes. And boxing something you can do that in. Yeah. So. It's it's funny. Hearing, like my, like again, my mate Tom's mum, like I just mentioned earlier, is, she was a very strong confident woman and she got stuck in and she sorted shit out and then and then she was taken too soon and it and it's i've seen that a few times where these people just burn bright but for a short amount of time and it's like i find that fascinating that these people that they just seem they just seem bulletproof and yeah but that's what the hardest thing was to deal with you know know, like because my mom had cancer and you don't think that you're you don't until it happens to you you don't think it's going to happen to you and like I always saw my mum as invincible. So, yeah. like, and she was mad as a box of frogs, but she was invincible. <laughs> <laughs> like, she, she had like the craziest mood swings and she did whatever she wanted to do, but she was mad. And, and, but then when that happened and, you know, it's an, you, you find out that's what's happening and you see the decline. And the hardest part, yeah. that is the hardest part, is watching someone that you see as the strongest person in your life slowly wear down. Mm. That's hard. That I, I find that harder to deal with than, like, you know, if, if, yeah. if it was a quicker situation. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I just watched yeah. the, harder, the, the strongest person in my life slowly get worn down by something that we couldn't fix. That was hard. Yes. So that must, yeah. And you just want to do all you can. You want to, you want to reach in and grab it and it. do yeah. do something. Yeah. I remember seeing, yeah, my, my mate's mum and I remember going around there and, and we're all laughing and, and mucking around. And I just saw this flicker of sadness in her eyes just briefly. Yeah. And I, and I remember, oh man, it just, I didn't really, you know, you, yeah. you, I didn't realize until that point. I was like, oh shit, of course, this is awful. And, and then what you were talking about music, I, I'm really I'm, I love music. I love all kinds of music, yeah. and but I, I I say this all the time. I can't have sad, melancholy music on because it ruins my day. Oh, I see. Like it, there's moments when I I want to 
like disappear into it that's the best like so mm. i think because i have a love of like especially russian music i love things like tchaikovsky and things like that yeah. so like the, the thing about tchaikovsky and, and russian music in general is that you can really feel like the innate sadness of the culture and of their history mm. and their past and like that's an amazing thing to be able to get out of listening to something you know you can hear the weight of the yeah. sorrow for a long time that they've had in their history and um that's that's a beautiful thing and it, it really just pulls yeah. the heartstrings <laughs> that's the thing i i i'm so it's like because jade will put she she loves she loves that sort of you know that melancholy sort of feeling and i have to leave the rooms i'm like because i'll just be sat and I'll think about all the shit that's happened and all the bad stuff and all the, I should have been better and blah, blah, blah. And I don't know, maybe I'm running away from something. I don't know. I yeah, don't but know. Sometimes but, um, I think for that sort of thing, know. if you feel like that, it's good to know you feel like that because then you can, mm. you, there'll be times when you, you want to feel like that. And there'll be times when you don't. And where you, you sometimes good to kind of delve into that occasionally. Cause I always say to people like, so, when anyone asks me about like mental health and things like that, I say to people, it's important to know that you're not always going to be happy because how yes. can you always be happy? We all want to be happy yeah, all the time, but it's like there is an equal part to everything. So if you're going to be that happy for something yeah. else, you've got to be sad in another way. So yeah. Um, it, yeah. We, yeah. You're it won't right. Last We've forever, talked about though. this before. No, that's the thing. I always think once I feel sad, that's it. I'm going to be, Something like something like two wires in my head will touch, yeah. and then I'll just be sad forever. <laughs> just, That's what you think is going to happen. It, but know. like when I lost my world title in Malta before Christmas, um, I wasn't in the right headspace before that fight. I know this now. It was a horrible lesson to learn right. at the time. Something they say about boxing is that if you're not your mental, it's all not all right. Then you're not going to do well in the ring. Yeah. Um, and I, I I learned the harsh way from that fight, and I lost my world title. Um, and yeah. that was the hardest time in my life. I've never been so down or miserable and really dark, went into a really, really dark place. And that, for the first time in my life, I, apart from having lost my mum, I went back to that sort of dark place when I lost my mum. That sort of like mm. real anger and upset and misery that you don't feel that you're ever going to get out of again. Yeah, and that's yeah. really hard to deal with. And I think what I learned from that is... One, I'm so grateful to have such a hands-on coach who's like real part of like my team, my family. He's just always there. And I had that person to talk to that wasn't my family because I didn't think my family really got it because they don't come from a sporting background. And so when no. you come from being at the pinnacle of your career to being the best you can be as a world champion and then you lose it all, then that is something to do. It's something that's very, very hard to comprehend and understand and because you think about how hard it was to get to that position what you had to do to yes. get there how you got there are you ever going to be able to do it again can you afford to do it again all that money you spent to get there oh yeah all that sort of thing like and and is anybody going to back you again or do have you just have you just really reached your pinnacle are you never going to get to where you need to be so like it, it there's there's a lot of things in it and that in, internal dialogue becomes the problem and that's why you mm. need to have someone that you can verbalize that with or talk to or who understands your mood swings or who's there to pick you up and make a check on you, whether you want to be checked on or not. Yeah. And that's the thing is like my coach would just yeah. drop me a message every couple of hours. How are you doing? What are you up to? 
And like, I'd be like, yeah. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> fuck off. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, but yeah. like, actually, thank God he did. Because I, I needed that person there to stop me just continually free falling down. You know? Yes. Um, and that's, the th- that's the thing, isn't it? When, because a lot of the time people can't, they can't vocalize how they're feeling and they don't want to vocalize. They'll just bury themselves. Yeah. And, and just, people just say, you should go and talk to somebody like, then you feel like you're failing because you don't want to go talk to somebody about your mental health because then maybe you're, there's something wrong. Then you want to, you have to admit there's something wrong. And I think sometimes like when my mom passed away, people were like, Oh, I should go and talk to a psychiatrist. And I was like, I'm not going to talk to anybody. I don't want to talk yeah. to someone like that about my personal stuff. It's my family. Like, I don't want to talk about my mom to somebody I don't know. Um, and I was actually at that yeah. point in time really grateful for friends because there are people who knew yes. my mum, but they weren't my blood relatives. So I, I yeah. felt that it wasn't they they would give me a different perspective on things. Yeah, it's it's that like you say that go and talk to someone. It's like well, yeah, I don't really know how to. Yeah, and how know. do you bring up a conversation like that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's it. It's like, well, it's like this. It's like, like I said at the beginning of this, it's like, you know, right, let's go and talk to, let's go and talk to women and find out about women and let's start from the beginning and, and learn. And But then I, as I, as you saw at the beginning, I didn't really know how to start it. Yeah. I was like, uh, I don't know. Because you think, because I'm 48, you kind of think you've got an angle, you've got a handle on stuff. Yeah, but it's good to think that as well. But not, <laughs> yeah, it's good. To, it's like Jade's just shouted out. She's like, not women. <laughs> I know about you. No, you fucking don't. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is what I have to put up with all the time. If you, if this is the, if you're, if you're in a relationship with a strong woman, it, you have to have. I think you're you have to blessed. have. Pardon? Blessed. I'm blessed. She said. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be. You have to be like you say, chilled out. And, but and also be able to take and, the, the craziness because yes. my sister sometimes it is mad like, yeah. in Australia. She's she's the <laughs> the middle one, and she's always been the crazy one. And um, like, I mean, I'm now the crazy one because I decided to go and have a boxing career. But um, <laughs> she was always the crazy one. And she's got this boyfriend who Alex, who sounds amazing. He's like my dad says he's perfect for Emma. He's so chilled. He's so laid back, um, and he just deals with her mood swings just like water off a duck's back. He, he doesn't. He doesn't encourage yeah. them. He doesn't ignore them. He doesn't do anything that's going to, you know, it's just, sometimes you, have to, yeah, yeah. you just have to find what works, don't you? Yeah. You have to, and you have to know when to pick, you have to pick your battles. Absolutely. It's, I would definitely advise that. Yeah. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. We're looking for a sponsor to help get this brilliant conversation to an even bigger audience. Sponsoring the show as well as a promotional trailer means that your message and our message will be inserted into some of Acast's biggest podcast titles. Get on board and partner with Insane in the Fembrain. Go to pauldaniels.tv for more information. I love strong women. It's a, it's, but I, I like it, but it's been so. I don't, in the past in relationships, I've felt because I've I've been with women that have been very successful, and I just felt inadequate. Yeah, and it was that, but that was me. That was on me feeling that way. They didn't make me feel that way, but it's just that old school. I'm the man. I should be this, that, and the other. Yeah. But she's the one that's actually in a more not dominant. That just sounds a bit. Odd, but in a more powerful role, and it. And it's just you have to accept. I'd have occasion it, where it, yeah. Like it, yes, it's, but accepting it's not that simple. It's like oh, just accept it. No, you've got to be able to deal with the stigma yeah. of society before that. So, like in exactly. your head, how you yeah. mentally have been brought up to your role as a man and what you feel you should be doing, and how successful you feel you should be in comparison to your wife or your partner or whatever, and actually. Nowadays, so I'm a very open-minded person, as you can probably tell. So I don't really, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not that kind of person who's going <laughs> to tell people they can no. or can't do stuff or be who they want to be. Because I, I say to people, you know, like, look, I, I, I've done exactly what I wanted to do. And it's not because I'm arrogant or anything. It's because I decided I want to do it and I put everything into it. And I'm not kind of half-assed yeah. it. I've decided I'm going to do it and just told everybody I'm doing it and tough. So it's just like, you know, it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant, <laughs> that's just how it is. A brilliant mindset to have. Yeah. But I think also we're at the right time it. to do that. Like, I think if you give me, told me to do this, maybe, uh, well, I'm going to be 29, I'm going to be 30 this year. So say, uh, you know, I'm just at the right moment in, in like, I don't know, I don't know time itself for, for, to push forward for that sort of thing where the things are changing and I want to be at the forefront yes. of that change. I want to show girls yeah. who are coming through 10 years later what I did now means that yes. go for it. Do what you want. Do what you can do. Yeah. You know, like... That's it, yeah. And that's what exactly what it needs. Again, it's like Jade with her with her Amazon show, Serious Black Jumper. It's, like you say, it's showing women that, yeah, you can do what you want. You, can, you don't have to... You don't have to try and fit into where society tells you you should be. Exactly. You and that drives, yeah, that's something yeah. that drives me mad. Me and my mate, were, Sandy, were talking about this. So she's a, a, a boxer as well. She's up at Team GB. And, like, we were talking about the fact that, like, if you want to be a, a successful female in the sport, 
like men can be loud, brash, arrogant. You know, you're looking at the mm. some of the guys at Jazora um, yes. for a table at a, at a press conference, right? So you know, like <laughs> there's there's all this kind yeah. of mad stuff going on. But women, when women's like, so me and Carissa Shields, when we fought each other, we had a proper like we didn't like each other. We were arguing. No. Um, we had proper trash talk. We were like going at it. <laughs> like I headbutted her at the weigh-in. It was. Uh, Oh, it was all go, you know, but like, and people were like, oh, you know, that's not how women behave. And I'm like, fuck you. How do women behave? Like I'm preparing to yeah. go in there for 10 rounds of war. Like I'm not going in yeah. there to have a cuddling yeah. contest. It's, it's not what I'm not going to put makeup on. Like no. I'm not going to go cooking. I'm going in there to fight and to punch somebody and cause pain and hurt them. So like, I'm not going to be standing yeah. there being like, oh, it's so nice to meet you. Cheers, mate. Yeah. That, that, yeah. <laughs> Watto, good okay, show. Let's go. Yeah, like it's <laughs> Queensby rules. Exactly. Yeah. Just because we're women doesn't mean we should have to act like that. But I do find in Britain sometimes that is still portrayed as oh, it's great to be humble. It's great to be like polite yes. and lovely and this lovely feminine figure and all that sort of bollocks. And excuse my French, but like I just no, you're right. If you're yeah. going to be a fighter, be a fighter. Don't stand up there yeah. and be all saintly and be like the be somebody that your grandmother, your, your granddad would have liked you to yeah. marry. You know, like, do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I think that, that more would, of that yeah. would really boost the sport because that's what brings characters into the sport. It's what brings interesting people. Like, people yes. don't watch boxing because, like, all of them are boxing geeks. People watch boxing because they want the outrage, all the, the ridiculousness that comes yeah. with it like boxing in my mind is 50% entertainment and 50% sport obviously you have to be yes. bloody great at what you do in the ring you yeah. have to be a fantastic athlete you have to be a fantastic boxer have a great mind all of that but then you can be an amazing boxer but never really get anywhere because you're not willing you don't have a personality you don't have something that people want to follow you haven't got weird yes. things that you do like you know people have to want to follow you to make you successful does that make sense yeah you, know, yeah, you have yeah. absolutely you've got to yeah. be entertaining you've got to be something yes. that you want to watch and tune in for um yeah so i think oh, we've, that's yeah. a whole other side to well, it yeah chuck yeah you chucking tables uh, you know chucking tables around and things like that is exactly what we want that's what we want we want that <laughs> yeah that's why you know that's we're that's the thing that we're going to talk about yeah we'll talk about the fight but we did the, the biggest chat is when, like, for for an example, Conor McGregor. Oh, I love up in a Conor white... McGregor. Love the guy. He's brilliant. Absolutely love him. And that's what you want. Yeah, that that is what you want. I want him to turn up in a white fur coat with no shirt. <laughs> Be on. outrageous. Just... Yeah. yeah, that's what I want for my for my for my sports people. Exactly, you and know? you've got it. Like yes, MMA exactly. does it perfectly. UFC, like they, they've nailed that. That's a whole other world. And when you think all the way back to where this sort of sport originated from you're looking like the gladiators back in roman times like fighting's always been yeah. a sport it's always been a spectator's yeah. thing right and, and the squeamish people don't want to talk about that and people who don't really will who don't appreciate it will never appreciate it and and they don't have that sort of like fire to appreciate that aspect of it i don't think because it's no. at the end of the day if you were stuck in a in a room with somebody and there was a uh, one bit of food in the middle of the room and you hadn't eaten for 10 days <laughs> you're gonna fight that person for it yeah. And it's like a very, very deep down base instinct to fight and win. Like that, that's something that's yeah. in human nature buried very, very deep. And I think that sometimes yeah. nowadays things are always shined off around the corners, around the edges, and it's all fluffy and nice. And 
you're always looking for the soft side of things and actually you you should be aware of the hard side of things as well like the, the, oh, the base level yeah. nasty side of stuff as well um and yeah that's what fighting is all about and you can be an absolute technician in the ring and look amazing and that's fantastic but you've also got to have the whole thing that comes with it as well you are an entertainer absolutely yeah that's what you are that's it yeah and you want people to buy tickets to your fight you have that's how you get and, somewhere yeah. in the beginning you have to sell tickets so like to some people won't like so i don't know if you know but if you want to fight on a show you have to sell right. um so you have to pay a grand to the house to be on the card so you pay a thousand pounds to the promoter wow. to be on like so this is um in like on average so a thousand yeah. pounds to the pro so you have to pay to but you have to pay pay to be yeah on. unless you're signed to that promoter what? um unless you're signed to him if you're not signed to him then you need to pay to be on the show in itself first off that's your first outlay of money second outlay of money you have to you have to sell 30 35 40 tickets before you can actually be on the card wow. if you haven't sold that minimum minimum number of tickets then you can't be on and after all of that if you're not signed to a promoter like so for myself i wasn't with a promoter for a long time until i signed in america right. but if you're not signed to a promoter you have to find the money to pay your opponent your opponent's travel how um, all of that that their purse and everything and after all of that's paid for then you might make some money Oh my god! So I had no idea. Boxing's a really, really, really hard sport, and it's why a lot of people are not successful and don't go anywhere in it. Because if you can't sell tickets, you can't succeed. You can't do it, yeah. So wow, I, had, I had no idea. I just thought it was a case of, you know, you you got good at it, and then the word got put got around. I was like, oh, she's really good. Oh yeah, they should fight that person. No. I didn't realize it was no, no, no. Wow. And it's all about matchmaking. Like, so if you get signed to a promoter. So, for example, like a lot of people who come out of like the Olympic team here in the UK will probably sign with Eddie Hearn with matchroom boxing right. because they've had a fantastic amateur career. They're, they're very successful and people know who they are. They've built up their fans and followers through that system, potentially winning a medal, you know, doing great things for our country. So a lot of them will sign with a big promoter straight away, for example, matchroom. Um, and they'll be on like a three fight deal or, or some sort of deal and they'll get paid so much money, X amount per fight guaranteed and all of their opponents and everything else will be sorted out for them and they have to sell some tickets but it's not necessarily guaranteed that they have to sell a certain number of tickets, all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. So, But then for the people who start off like where I did, there was no way I was going to be signing to a promoter straight away. Um, I had to work up there. I had to put a lot of my own money into where I got to. So I've, I fought for free before, you know. So it's not. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I've definitely actually I've, I've oh, paid wow. to fight <laughs> to get myself to where my wow. career is. So. Jesus, and then on top of that, you've got the stigma—not stigma, but the, you've you, you know it's a very male-dominated yeah. profession, and you're a woman, so, no, so you've got that to deal with as well. Absolutely. So you know, you've like you say, you've really got to want to do especially it, especially as a woman, for example. Yeah. And you've got, you've yeah. got a long way to come before you're at the base level where the guys start. Um, and, and to do that, actually, I, me and my my coach used to work some of the corners with you know, my cut man, Richard Farnham, when he's there at the fights, and he used to take me along. And I'd make sure I learned who was on the show. I learned the fighters' names. So uh, people go, oh, you're Noel's girl. That's what my name was for a long time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not even, not even. Not even Hannah. You're Noel's girl. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. What, what's a pretty girl like you want to do boxing for? Uh, classic. Um, oh, aren't, classic, well, yeah. Aren't you a musician? Don't you have a degree? Why are you doing boxing? Like, it's that sort of, like, <laughs> response, which is bizarre. Don't get it. Well, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, there's yeah. something wrong with me. Like, I love what I do. And, like, as people always say, um, 
you know, oh, why do you do it? I was like, well, I love it. It's not because I, yeah. I need to do it. It's not because I, it's the only thing available to me. No, I love the sport and I, I yeah. want to be in the sport and I want to be as successful as I can be in the sport. Yeah. So, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, like I say, watching you to watching you earlier, and I was like, I was just blown away with these fellas that are giving you shit. Going, do you know what I mean? Like, oh, what's a pretty little girl like you? Blah blah. Go. Do you know what, mate? Why don't you get in and do it? Why I don't, don't you do that go to me in the ring? Go, <laughs> go I was going to say. I was going to say. After I watched that today, I'm like, fuck that. I'm glad I'm doing this but, over the internet in case I say anything wrong. You know what? It's kind of glad. Like, I'm kind of glad I put the groundwork in at the beginning because, like, I my yes. one of my philosophies in life is if you're going to do something do it well and so you do your mm. homework like so if you're going to go to a yes. show and it's 10 male fights in the cars that's 20 fighters you should know who those fighters are and it's good to know who their trainers are so like if you're there and you're watching the fights and someone's there you say oh they're looking good or you're talking to somebody they're like oh who do you think's got this hand and that's what i started to get after my third yeah, fight people started right. to know who i was and they were like oh hey hannah how's it going what do you think about this one but it took me a long time to get that sort of credibility mm. and that sort of support from like the men, like even the trainers and stuff. Cause like, a lot of people said to Noel, why are you training a chick? You'll make no money. Um, and, yeah, right. and Noel said, I'm not training her to make money. I'm training her to see if I can make her a world champion. And we did that. Yeah. So incredible. Do you see what incredible. I mean? So it's that sort of thing. Yeah. 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 It's like with comedy. We, well, I remember I started comedy about 15 years ago and it, it when I started, it was, you'd have, they'd have one woman on, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. They would rarely have two on at the same time, and she would be on in the middle. Uh, and they used to call it the girl spot. Oh yeah, they, they say, and, oh, it's a chick's fight. I'm going yeah. to the bar. That's the classic one. Yeah, yeah. Man, you know, this is driving me nuts. But it's how it, it's. Yeah, I can imagine. It's because it's, it has been a very. It's been not just boxing, but the world has been very much. Well, even now, even, we were talking about this the other day. Even with what's going on at the moment, the people that seem to be sorting it out, sorting out, and, and really getting stuck in are the women. So you've got the the, the prime minister of New Zealand. Oh yeah, she's, she's great. She's dealt with it, and you've got Nicola, Nicola Sturgeon, Sturgeon up and, at my home. Yeah, I mean she. Yeah, exactly. She's I, to the point. No. Do you know what I like about her? She's, yes, she's so sky. She's just to the point. Bish bash bosh. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. And yeah. You better fucking do it. Like, <laughs> exactly, and that is what you need. We've got this big bag of custard down here, and he's just no. that's not my joke, by the way. That's someone else told it. Um, yeah, they don't. This what women just seem to know what to do, like they, they're just getting like they say. They, but you think, I don't know if it's you like think a, about you know, women, we're in that sort of crisis scenario half the time anyway. Like, you, I go back yes. to my mom, for example, she's got three kids. Two are at primary school. The first one's now at secondary school. So then the men are coming up today. So they've all got to be fed in the afternoon. There's going to be six men, three kids, two going to one school, one going to another school, coming home at different school times. Then they've all got to be fed at different times. Plus she's out working on the farm. So then you're juggling all that. That is a bloody crisis in itself of like time management <laughs> hell you know and yeah. every, everybody's got to be running around in the morning oh i've got to get the school bus i've got to go to this have i got lunch have i done this have i done that and she's already been up since six lunch is done you just pick up your lunchbox you're already going and she's busy putting out breakfast for the men and you're like wow you know what you look you look yeah. at that's crazy yeah i think that inbuilt in women to kind of take control of a crazy scenario and kind of just like, right, let's just sort this out. I want this here. I want that there. Right now let's think about it logically. And you wouldn't say yes. women are logic, logical at all, but we have a way of creating 
whether it's an artistic view of it, whatever you want to look at it, there's a way of creating sense to it for ourselves. And then we, so the best ones can actually portray that to other people. It's like the woman in, in New Zealand and um, also up in Scotland, Nicola Sturgeon. Like, you know, yeah. they have a way of just putting it out there so you feel better about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, it's, yeah, and you need telling. At the moment, we need, we haven't, we're not being told down here. He's, he's kind of going, well, yeah, look, go to work if you can, stay at home if you can't. And it's all very vague. Whereas she's like, no, this is what's happening and this is what you're doing. And that's what, and that is what we need. And it, 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 women seem more pragmatic. Like Jade is very much, like, like I said earlier, I was feeling a bit shit and I was like, just wandering around the flat, you know, kicking my heels. Like, oh God, I don't know what to do. And Jade would be just like, right, well, you do this, 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 and this. And you're like, oh, all right, I just want to be miserable for a bit. She's like, nope, this is what we're doing. You're going to do this, 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 and this. And I'm like, oh, all right, fine. But that's what you need sometimes. Yeah. And I don't know if men, men don't really, I don't know if men really do that. I did that with so my fiancé as well earlier. He was like, I'm not really feeling very motivated for this afternoon of work. And I was like, hmm, okay, well, have a biscuit, <laughs> have a cup of tea, yeah. sit still for a bit, go on, play some computer games, kill some stuff, and then get back on it. <laughs> like, just see, do yeah. something, you know, like, or walk down the road, yeah. get a Red Bull, come back. <laughs> like, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I have, I've it's got so exactly much going on in my life most of the time. The, the days when I'm feeling like I'm not want to do stuff. That's when I know I'm feeling bad because like, I, I normally don't have mm. the time to feel like that. Like I, Oh, I can't say what I'm doing. Can't, blah, blah, blah. There's too much shit to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's just too much to do <laughs> all the time. <laughs> that's it. it and yeah. That's, and the thing is, again, with Jade, because Jade's really, she's, you know, she's got stuff going on all the time and, you know, and she's and it's doing this, doing that. And there's a, and I have to keep up. I feel I have to keep up with her. I don't want to be this miserable, sad sack, just sitting on the bed going, oh, why isn't anyone phoning me? Why haven't I got stuff? <laughs> you kind of go, well, I fuck up. I, I feel I need to get stuck in and sort of try and meet her level. Otherwise, I'll feel, well, I feel useless and <laughs> pathetic. And, you know, so that, I, I'm glad that she's like that because it fires me up. And I'm sure your fiance feels the same. Well, I'm sure I drive her mad. Like, I actually do. Like, yeah, of course. She drives me insane. Well, the, the, I think there are the, there's two ways of looking at it. You have like one. So Mike always says, like, so we're complete opposites in many things. Like, I'm a, a mad, stressful nutter that runs a million miles an hour all the time. He's so laid back, he's horizontal. He's like the best procrastinator in the whole entire world. It drives me insane. However, like sometimes when I get to the weekend and I, I see him and he's like, and I'm like, oh, I want to do this, this and this. We're going to go and do this. We're going to do that. He's like, no, today we're doing nothing. We're going to watch some films. You're going to sit in the house. You're going to sit still. And I'm like, well, yeah, I don't right. want to do that. Doing that. But actually <laughs> I needed to sit still. Otherwise I'd burn myself out. So I needed that person yes. just to slow me down for five seconds, sit still and actually realize, oh, you know what? I could have done with this. I needed a rest day. You know, I needed to do, yeah, do nothing. Yeah, yeah. And actually the next day I was like, okay, I feel, I feel better. And yes, I, you were right. <laughs> and uh, however, today we're going to do this, is this. <laughs> <that's it. laughs> You're back on yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Where did you meet? Where did you and Mike meet? So uh, Mike actually knew my mum before he knew me because him and my mum used to sing in a choir together. And okay. um, his mum taught my sister the violin, so right. um, wow. we knew each other from that. And then, like, so we've been dating since I was fifteen. So we've been going out yeah. for okay. what fourteen years now. So yeah. we've grown up together, kind of thing. He was there for all of the ups and downs of my life, all the big, big moments, everything like that. So we've done everything together. 
and I think yeah. that's kind of what makes it work. We still have we managed to live together for one year, but was killing ourselves trying to do the commute either way. Like him going up to he lives in the Midlands at the moment, uh, working for Jaguar okay. Ladder, where he does uh, engineering. Um, yeah. And I obviously down here based in London, so he's hoping to move down to London. Um, and but then that'll be the first time we've probably lived together. We're meant to be getting married. There's so much stuff happening right now that's not happening. And well, <laughs> you know, like that's a shame. Every, well, it's. It is and it isn't because, like, I want to get married, but I want to enjoy being getting married. And, yes. like, at the moment, I know some people would think this is a bit, like, I don't know, not very feminine of me. However, I will say, like, <laughs> um, I actually, like, you know, I want to become world champion again this year. And if I can do it by the end of the year, I'll be really stoked. If I can't do it by the end of the year, it'll be yeah. the beginning of the next year. But for me, that is my sole focus. And my career as a professional boxer is not going to last forever. Um, no. And Mike gets that, you know, and he's like, I want, we want to put the money and the time into having a wedding that we want to do for ourselves. But to do that, I have to take some time off my career. And I don't really have that time at the moment. No. Do you see what I mean? So, oh, absolutely. And yeah, also, yeah, yeah. I don't want to look like the Hulk in a wedding dress. You know, like, because I'm <laughs> like, when I'm boxing, yeah. my, the body I have, the physique I'll have for boxing is not the physique I want in a white wedding dress. <laughs> so, no, you're... <laughs> there's a whole other world to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny that you've got that, that's quite the juxtaposition, isn't it? You've got that, you've got the fighting going on and you're like, I want to be this and that. But then you want to be, you know, there's the feminine side. Yeah, I want to look like a girl want, like you say, you know, Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's all that aspect to it. And I want it to be like what I want it to be like and... and when you get, I think when you get married, people have feel this sort of uh, pressure from families and to do it this way and do it like now and make sure that you get it done in time for this and all this sort of stuff. And and actually, when it comes down to it, when you get married, it's about you two and nobody else. So um, yes. the only person that I really want at my wedding is my dad, obviously, <laughs> and my, <yet>. my sisters. <laughs> um, and the same for Mike's parents, you know, like where we after that we don't want to do like the big wedding day thing like i'm with like my whole job is about being center of attention when i get married i don't want to be that i don't want to do the big white wedding day no. <laughs> i want it to be a chilled out affair where basically it's yeah, just yeah. a chance for us to get together get married celebrate that and have a massive party celebrate, with everyone. Yes. that's basically what i want to do yeah <laughs> So, yeah. Oh man, we are. You, it, it, it's, I, I imagine it's listening, talking to you now. I reckon. It, I reckon you're going to do it. I reckon you will. I, it, it, I'd be very surprised if you don't. Yeah, we'll oh, get round. So you're so driven. It's just one of those yeah. things where, like, you have to think about. I think everyone goes, oh, right. So you you have a boyfriend, then you get engaged, then you get married, then you have a kid. That's like the, the timeline, oh, isn't yeah. it? That's not my timeline. Yes. My timeline is I meet my boyfriend. We go out for 15 years. I get engaged. I've been engaged for four years or three years now. Um, and the plan was we get married, but we never did that. And now I want to be a world champion again. So that's kind of cut, yeah. got in the way of it. And he, he wants to move down to London. We want to get a house together, you know, that's and kids I want kids I don't want kids now like I've, I've got no. like my whole life and my mum always said to me one of the best pieces of advice that she said was you I was I would I don't regret one little bit about having you girls because that was the best thing I ever did what I will give you advice is that make sure you do all the things you want to do for yourself before you have kids not because it's a yes. selfish thing but because once you have kids, they are your they are your world, and that that's what yes. is the most important thing to you more than anything else. 
So you can't do that crazy thing yeah. like jump out a plane. <laughs> like, you can't do it. No, that's done. Yeah, so she was like, she said that to me, and yeah. that's what I've taken that to heart, you know, and I want to make sure that I, I go for that world title and I try that again before I then decide, right, I want to give my time to my kids. And, and yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It's very, yeah, I've got, I've got kids and they are, well, I mean, he's as old, my eldest is 28, so bloody hell. Um, it's, yes, they do, it's, that's your life then. So whatever you wanted to do, you kind of go, oh, no, I can't, that's, yeah, so you're doing it absolutely the right, the right way around on your own terms when you want to do it, getting all your stuff done. Yeah, and people might it's think that's me being selfish and that's me not doing what a woman should do. And that's not fair on my fiance and that's not no. fair. And, but then think about it the other way around. If my fiance wanted to become a world champion uh, and p- postpone our wedding, then he could. Yeah. It wouldn't even, that wouldn't even be questioned. No, it wouldn't even be questioned. Yeah. And like, yeah. you know, once I've no. had a kid, I'm not going to box again. That changes your body shape. No. You can't do that. It's not, it's just not, I just wouldn't do it. There's no way I would. No. And that's something that you have to really think about. Yeah, well, that we, yeah, we, we've again, Jade and I have talked about that. It's that, yeah, once when a woman has a baby, it because it, it, it sort of takes your life force. Yeah, you know, you've created this this other being, and it and they take with you a lot of take with you your energy and your you know you give so much to create that person. Of course, well, you think uh, about it, you're creating yeah, yeah. another person. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Mad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do you know what yeah as you've said it out loud i'm like oh fuck yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and this is men this is you know i'm not no disrespect to men but we really need to start understanding more this is why i want to have these conversations is understanding more about what it takes to be a woman because we don't really under we don't really know we you know we women you know you you create life you know men they do you know they they, they give you a bit of seed and then that's it you know, you have to do the rest. And I think that's what we need to start having conversations about is understanding what it takes to create another person. Yeah, exactly. You know? It takes a, a yeah. little bit of you, I'm sure. A little bit of you Absolutely. every single time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, but it's a whole world that I am so not ready for yet. You know that part when you no. know? You know. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah. there yet. You, you, <laughs> you got plenty of, you've got plenty of time. You've got plenty yeah. of time. And I reckon, I reckon you'll you'll be number one again. I'm telling you, watching you today, I'm like, yeah, you'll smash it, mate. Absolutely smash it. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you, Hannah. Thank you so much for coming. Oh on. no, thank you so much for having me. It's been a great chat. Really enjoyed it. It's been really. Thank you. And you know, I mean, all this at the moment, I suppose all training and that is all sort of up in the air. Well, I'm training as best on. I can at the moment. My, obviously, like I said, my focus is to get a shot of that world title again or get the rematch with the girl I, I fought before. So like for me, that's yeah. driving me and pushing me. And so I'm just kind of missing, you know, the, the sparring stuff But me and my coach are constantly in contact. I'm keeping on top of the weight. I'm making sure that I'm keeping fit and active. So I'm going to be ready to go should I get the call, which is the best part. Brilliant. 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 This has been fantastic. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so it's much for having me on. It's been great. Produced by Paul Daniels at pauldaniels.tv. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.